Uh, hey guys, welcome back to All Packed Up. Uh, it's myself, Coleman, uh, and Hunter making his debut. What's up? What's up? On the pod, welcome dude. to All Packed Up. I'm Hunter. Welcome, man. Not much Glad else to say. Yeah, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we got a, a, something a little different uh, guest-wise uh, today, I'd say. Should we reveal his name? No, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> uh, he's awesome dude. Uh, has built a career in um, the music festival industry. Music. Good dude. In Seems got like a man of all trades. A man of many yeah, hats. Certainly. Who's kind of found his niche in something really cool and curated. And that's a little bit what we're going to talk to him about. You know, like here we, we're all about getting outside. All about helping people have a better adventure. Educate, inspire them, yada, yada. Um, but our guest today is a little bit more off the beaten path. A little bit. I have no doubt that our listeners will dig everything that oh, he they'll has to say. Dig. Uh, yeah. It. <laughs> He's one of those guys that uh, you like talk to him for five seconds and you're like, you probably have all the stories in the world. You have all the stories in the world. You have better style than me. <laughs> You'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no I just want to be you because you seem <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I just want to say a quick announcement for everybody who's listening. Man, we are about uh, getting outside and, and going on trips and getting out of town. So if you have something that, you know, like a picture, video, story, whatever that you want us to go over on the podcast, uh, maybe with our guests too, please send it in. Like we want to. Absolutely. We want to not only hear about it, but uh, but talk about it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of what we, what this is, what you've been doing with this is just like, a helping people get outside yeah. and then B like giving them some inspiration, some enthusiasm of things they can do, should try. Yeah. Like uh, we interviewed a fly fishing guy recently and I was like, gosh, I got to get on the river. I got to do something. Yeah. And I think that's what it's about. And so uh, whether you're a listener, whether you're just hearing about us now, like if you have a cool story, picture, photo, like we'd love for you to yeah. email that to us. Um, we'll put the link in the bio yeah. Email it to us, and uh, we'd love to share your stories and stuff like that as well. What's the last trip you went on? Uh, shoot, and I just got back from Hawaii. Yeah. Woo! Aloha! Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was sick, honestly. Uh, um, I don't want to get into the whole story, but surfed a bunch, and uh, it's a good time. So, Great story. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I went mean, uh I, I mean, quick story. Don't stand up while surfing in Hawaii. Okay. Uh reef is there and you'll cut your foot into shreds. oh like when On you day. fall off yeah yeah even when you fall off don't stand up because it's, it's i got to say coleman that ain't for me <laughs> it was that awful, ain't for me actually day two sliced my foot pretty bad also wear sunscreen uh some little, yeah. little cold hard facts from coleman yeah right there uh what else is new with uh pack meal i guess if you're on youtube uh go check out some of our other videos yeah we're really uh, trying to make a push trying to Get out on the YouTube sphere, drop some videos every now and then, whether it's funny, communal, or educative, educative, educating, educational. <laughs> um, we're just really trying to create a community around that about being outside, yeah. and because that's what we do at Pack Yeah, amen. Yeah, well, enough of us. Yeah, Matt Beiser, ladies and gentlemen, Matt freaking Beiser. Thank you for being here, man. Yeah, What's up? Yeah, What's thanks up? for having me, guys. Uh, thanks. With the whole crew's in town. Haley's off mic. Uh, say hello, Haley. Hello, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, She's dude, been holding that one in. <laughs> we are pumped to have you on, honestly. You, you, every time you come in, we're like, we got to just talk to him for an hour, maybe. Well, thanks, yeah. man. 
uh, let's get into it though. What? Just tell us a little bit about who Matt Beiser is, and or maybe uh, who he was for that matter, or um, where 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 you grow up, uh, where you come from. Yeah, so Texas I, guy, right? Yeah, I grew up here in New Braunfels. Yeah, go, New Braunfels, sweet. Texas. That's what I thought. Yeah, home turf, and yeah, spent. Uh, Grew up here, moved away for college for a minute, uh, okay. went to TCU for a bit, then back to Austin. Go Frogs. Bopped, ar- bopped around right, between UT it. and Austin Community College and everywhere else, so I feel like Let's I'm go. like a, I can claim all of the alma maters. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I moved, I worked in film, so I actually started, I got into uh, the industry doing film, and I, I actually had a production company, but I started in like union, you know, movies when I was in my early like early 20s actually like around 18 I, f- I got into the union around that time and okay. started working on productions which took me to like new mexico and east coast and I even worked in like detroit and stuff worked in louisiana a little bit and then wow all over yeah so then i was back here for a couple of years and then uh wrapped kind of the last movie i worked on uh was actually a film with willie nelson and uh it was called win angel sing if you wanted to look it yeah. up it's a like christmas movie with harry connick jr so wow you know it's gonna be good that's awesome and, uh, <laughs> yeah and so we uh so from there i moved up to new york around that time period and kind of got burned out of the like film world it, it kind of like wasn't what i expected going into it i think there was a lot more like i really was into the creative wanted to direct wanted to make my own projects and i kind of realized very quickly and at a young age that like that was a process that took money and it was something that was more about fundraising, more about, you know, coming from different angles. And I, I didn't actually complete college. And so I didn't make like a thesis film. I didn't build those relationships in that way. Hmm. And so coming up in film and seeing like guys who were in their like forties, fifties on like third marriages and they never see their kids and they're working 17 hour days. I was like, like, "Eh." I gotta make some changes. (laughs) And so then I ended up starting a production company, moving to New York. Cool. And it just took me on like a totally different track. And so I, I got into the fashion world, did a bunch of live streaming and production there. And then full circle kind of around that time period cool. threw a South by party for my buddy and, and then got into the music industry on accident. Awesome. So, so fast forward and, and um, I don't think we mentioned this in the intro, but uh, you are the co-founder of the infamous Luck Reunion. Uh, tell us a little bit about how, and we'll get into it more later, but how, um, that came about i mean yeah uh how did you get involved with the family um to mean to where you are now yeah so i um luck was a kind of like a weird i like to say it's like the really serendipitous story because like like i was kind of talking about it before but i had never intended to go into film i mean music festivals or events or throwing anything like that i had i grew up here in new braunfels grew up around a ton of musicians all my buddies played music live music yeah and i didn't intend to like be a musician yeah Yeah, it's like and you just i grew up around it i liked i did film so i was like i'm the camera guy behind the scenes i don't want to be in front of the camera yeah i don't want to be the guy that's the face of anything this is probably (laughs) full circle i can't escape it (laughs) yeah um and so yeah so like through the process of just like life and working in production and film uh, I crossed paths with a lot of people in the music industry over time, started making music videos, started doing that kind of thing. And then, of course, I had a friend that was like, hey, I want to throw a South by Southwest party. I don't have any gigs. Hmm. You produce things. Yeah. And so it's sort of like what ended up happening is I threw him a South by party in like, God, that was like 2011, 2010, somewhere in that range. And um, you were in New York at this time? I was actually still in Austin around that time. Okay. Yeah. And so I like I had done, let's see, I had worked on like true grid and a couple other films came back and then when angels sing was probably like kind of overlapping that time period so i did the i did his party before i did that movie okay and so i threw this party 
Then I go to New York on like our down season, like kind of, I, I want to say like in Chronicles, I lose, I lose track of it a little bit, but I, I meet Willie and his family like working on this movie. And then I go to New York with a friend's band and I'm making this like travel documentary about the band. Cool. And while I'm there, I meet who is now our other business partner in luck was Ellie Fletcher. She is now Ellie Derniak, but she, um, was at this show and she like knew all the words to the songs and knew this band. And I was like, who's the, why did this Austin band? Like there's just a super fan in the front row. I don't understand. Yeah. And so we all got to talking and like hung out for the night, whatever. A bunch of our friends were all there with the band. And then I'm, I'm talking to her and she's wearing this ring and I'm like, that's, that's like the Nelson family. The ring. Nelson like I hadn't ring. recognized yeah. it. I've been on this movie. I've like been around. I'm like seeing this and I'm like, yeah. Interesting. And like asked her about it a little bit and she was like, obviously like didn't want to talk about it. And so, well, it's just uh, full circle. Yeah. Tell listeners what that ring is. I, I vaguely know. So this it. is, so this is actually, we're not, not quite onto the luck ring, but this is like the Willie oh. Nelson family ring. So they actually gotcha. like made rings back. I want to say it was probably in the seventies, eighties. They're, they're like class rings and they're all cool. have like the Willie Nelson family moniker around them. Dang. And that, and the band all got, had these rings. And so it was like the gotcha. family, the crew, the band, they all had their like family ring. Okay. And so I, it, I'm stealing which, that, I'm like, by the way. Yeah. I'm making yeah. Floyd family rings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like this thing, and right. And like I recognized it. And then we started talking about it all. And, you know, she obviously, you know, no one, no one wants to be like, yeah, totally. It's like she was kind of like, right. oh, God, you saw it. Right. You know? And so we're talking about it a bit. Well, it's and like then, not something everybody yeah. would recognize, too. I mean, I feel like. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you just like took being from Texas, right? Yeah, it's right, like you right. had to know kind of the legacy yeah. of the story to like, recognize no. that thing and yeah. then, anyway long story short like we end up all becoming friends and it becomes this like i end up being in new york for another project and realized it's like there's this music scene that's happening there at that time period a lot of my friends were moving up there a lot of musicians and there was this sort of thing happening in like the you know east williamsburg like that was just huh. kind of becoming like a place where people were moving you know like the hipster scene or whatever right. but there was a ton of musicians and all the bands from texas were coming up there and so I moved up there kind of in chase of this like other like really creative thing that was going on. Mm. And it, there was also like a lot of opportunities in New York. And so chased that. And in the meantime, like basically the first party I threw, people were like, you got to do that again. And so yeah. <laughs> I'm in New York. We're rapping. We're having the rap party for that. Like when angels sing movie, we come back to Texas. And so it's just, this is why it's kind of muddled. There's like, so I'm moving we're filming bands right. I'm transitioning out of the film industry into making yeah. my own production company. Yeah. And in this time period, I end up at this dinner at, I want to say, I, I always say it's like, I believe it was Maddie's Tex-Mex. Like, and I think there was one like in kind of central North Austin. Okay. And then we're sitting at the table Shout out. with yeah. Willie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're sitting there with Willie across from me, like drinking a margarita from a straw, just like slurping it down and like his <laughs> wife and, you know, I'm already kind of like, you know, you know, you look around the room and people are like all staring over, yeah, you know, it's like no course. one's eating. They're just staring. Right, right, and right. So you're already kind of in this moment. And then Ellie, who was at the dinner as well, yeah. nudges me and she's like, hey, tell them about this idea you had. And so like nonchalant. Yeah. And yeah. like, but Ellie paved the open that. Yeah. Door. Open yeah. the door. And she's yeah. she's yeah. Willie's. So like she's Willie's sister's granddaughter. And oh, so gotcha. she have, so there's like obviously this tie of full circle, right. which is there's a lot of these rings yeah. going around. Exactly. <laughs> so, so long story is like. I'm at the table, things shift to that. Willie's wife is like, yeah, what's up? Tell us about it. And so I, I'm sitting there. We basically say like, hey, like the ranch is this really cool space. Like Luck, Texas, yeah. which was the movie set built for Red Headed Stranger, his like 85 film. 
is just sitting there and they're not using it much anymore. Willie had had some wild parties back in the eighties there, things like that. But yeah. like he's on the road and it's just there and there's like no one using it. It's just, it's falling apart. Like things are collapsing. Buildings are starting to decay. And I was like, God, it'd be so cool to throw a party there. And I was thinking it was just like some, like we're drunk at a bar one night and you mentioned right. it. Never did I think I'd be sitting at a table <laughs> with Willie and Pitching his wife, this, uh, telling them this idea. Yeah. And then his, I, like my like way I quote it, famous words of Annie where his wife is Annie Nelson. She says, like, get insurance. And yeah. like they kind of chuckle about it and that's it. Yeah. Right. And I think that's funny. Like joke's over, move yeah. on. Well, like, I, I go insurance. back to New York and I think it was probably like a week or two later that the conversation comes up and it's like, How's it coming? Uh. And we're like, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, that's real. Yeah. And so then I'm yeah. like scrambling, like yeah. it's going great. Well, it begins the journey of like this festival that at the time I had no idea. I never thrown an event other than a tiny party. Yeah. And knew nothing about throwing music festivals. So I just like started calling everyone I knew that threw music events wow. and work tour managers, people who were out there on the road with bands I knew, called people I knew yeah. and said, like, hey, this is what I w- we're talking about doing. What do you think? And so I'd be like, Hey, Joel, who's another guy who lives here in town and I'm like, you want a stage manager, like run our stage, you know, stages, right? And then, so I'm just calling these people and then, you know, it's like someone tells me, oh, you have to have a sponsorship deck, you know, to raise money and figure it out. And I'm like, okay, what's a sponsorship deck? So I Google sponsorship deck and try to find examples. And then I'm like, okay, so it's like a movie pitch, but like for events. And so just kind of this evolving thing. And before I knew it, it was like, I'm standing in the middle of, Willie's Ranch, and we're throwing a party with, you know, I think the first year was like a thousand people, eight hundred to a thousand people. Okay, and, so, and it's still kind of around that size, right? Now we're at about thirty eight hundred, so it's I'm grown. Wrong. Yeah, it grew like <laughs> so. Like first year was about a thousand eight hundred. Cool. Second year was a little over two thousand. But that's and somewhat then intentional. The word got out. What's that? It's somewhat intentional to keep it intimate. Yeah, exactly. Like the whole point originally, like the first years, I was the crazy one who was like, we should just make it so secret. No one knows about it. We're going to like send buses into town, blindfold people, drive them out there, and they're going to get off the bus and be like, what's going on? Take their phones. Yeah, exactly. Like that was my idea. And then everyone was like, that's cool too. I can't do that. Yeah. Like that's not okay. It's like old school. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean that does yeah. that would create like a super mysterious like yeah. what's going on a lot of liability. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm over here like yeah, they're like you can't no, yeah. that's like a little too creepy. Like yeah. people aren't into that. So I was like, all right, fine. Like, like is that really no? I think uh, it would have worked. So yeah. what was the time frame from being in New York getting the call of like, hey, how's it going? To actually throwing the first luck. Two months. Two months. months. Oh. Range. This Holy was in like winter moly. time. Yeah, yeah. So it she's was like, like get from insurance winter to spring. now. Yeah. It was a wild scramble. Yeah. And like, I think that in that time period, I mean, I didn't know any better. I right. was just sort of like, yeah, I can do, I mean, I produced music videos in a week. Like yeah. I could do this and just get so, the people to the right places. Yeah. yeah. Just got to get right. it all figured out. And yeah. so That's crazy though. scrambled, called people, took a bunch of like meetings. Like I called my buddy, a friend of mine, Clay, who was like a, one of the people who really kind of brought people together at the beginning, worked at John Barbados in New York mm. and he had been working around a lot of music stuff. And I called him and I was like, Hey, do you know like anybody who might want to sponsor this? And I was like, do you think Barbados would sponsor this He's, or whatever? And, uh, and wow. so he was like, I don't know. And so he took it to them and then he came to me and like with some other ideas and we ended up partnering with like a, another group out of New York and did like the first year with them. And then it just kind of like, yeah, it just, just kind of kept happening. It really is a story of like, of all these doors opening up like in your life right to south by and throwing these parties and like the film even the film industry to meeting random people you know 
Um, I mean, yeah, just, I, I feel like that a lot. And I listening to your story, I love the word like serendipity. You yeah. know, like it's just like, I mean, I've kind of lived my life as like, I feel like it's like a bunch of options in front of me and yeah. I choose one path and I go and I throw shit at the wall and it gets me someplace. And like listening to your story, it's just like you saying yes to things. Maybe yeah. it didn't feel like an awesome option. Maybe it was a lot of desperation in the moments, but leading you from like Austin to your colleges to being in the film industry to New York fashion music willie ellie and it's like whoa and here you are now like having this really which i would say like seems like a very cure i mean i've been there filmed there like a curated festival in texas with texas legacy and culture and super cool yeah Uh, and and for you like your first words being like i grew up in a town in there was music yeah you know yeah it's awesome it's really interesting well thanks man yeah i mean it was just like the whole i mean that's just sort of like been kind of my perspective on life is always just sort of like you come into stuff and every time when I was younger, like I was really like, I was very creative when I was young, wanted to make projects, wanted to make movies. And I was very like hard headed, like this is what I'm going to do and tried to force things into existence. Like I just will them into existence. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, and it works, but it was like always like head down, grinding, pushing so hard to make things happen. And it's like, it's a battle yeah. all the time. And I, then I just like, at one point in time, I just started like changing my perspective a little bit to just being like, ride the wave you know just kind of like Let's feel ride, what yeah. happens and when opportunities present themselves or things that you don't expect show up like f- follow that see where it goes go yeah. to the rabbit hole and i think that just it led to meeting some really rad people over the years it's re- led to like project to project to re- you know referral to events to you know everything yeah. and so you're not even happening. understanding that the opportunity was there yeah. how's it going yeah, yeah. you know exactly yeah. <laughs> and it's like and then eventually like i can't count the amount of things in life that have like come full circle like that where it's yeah. like you they show back up at your doorstep five years later and you're like you're like wow yeah let's do Looking it back, you know? yeah. Yeah. So, what just, advice would you have for somebody and I, we haven't even really gotten into luck yet but like no what advice would you have for somebody who maybe is a creative or wants to just do something different and get out of the office and has these ideas, like you said, like looking at options, like do you have any advice to someone like that? I mean, I think it's like, I would say that like the biggest feedback I give in the sense of like being a creative person who wants to try things as one is like you to do like kind of entrepreneurial, like creative projects and things in the world we are in or starting new companies. Like first you have to just like get, give yourself thick skin right off the bat. Like just take a lot of no's and like pretend like just Everything needs to be like A to B. Just don't even worry about anything that's a no. Because yeah. that's going to keep happening your whole life. So yeah, just yeah. like keep trudging forward through the swamp of life. And like it will, you will make it to the other side. So like that's my first thing. And I think other than that, I would say that, you know, it's like none of these kind of projects like this or anything are like easy. So like on the surface, someone might look at all this and be like, oh, so serendipitous and all that. But it's like it was. Right. But it's been a grind the whole oh, time. Yeah. And so like. Don't let anybody fool you into thinking it's easy. Enjoy the ride. Like, work hard because you care and you want something, but, like, enjoy the process of that. You know, you hear that old wives' tale all the time, right? It's like people say, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, enjoy the ride. Like, life is that. But it's like the truth is is if you don't, like, make the best out of those experiences and the hardships and, like, whatever, it's like you won't keep doing it. And I think that, like, so many people are, like, right there on the edge of things and they give up. And I think that that's – the biggest thing you could do is just push through and just like yeah. see see things through because you can almost make anything happen if you're like stubborn enough right and i would say i'm a mix of stubborn and curious yeah. so like it works yeah. i feel like we probably all know people who have been on the cusp or yeah. push for something and then 
gave up. And yeah, I mean, life is sure. life. Stuff happens, yeah. but breaks yeah. my heart when I see that. Totally. You know? so and it's it, cool you, to see. You gotta just keep, sh- like, sometimes you shift. Sometimes it's not yeah. the same mission you started with, but, like, you know, you find your way. It's like, you gotta keep keep that optimism yeah. best you can. It's hard, yeah. but. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, uh, for our listeners, a little different uh, segment. There's probably no easy segue into this, but um, our producer Haley has a few uh, uh, speed questions for. Uh, this is also where we, for we you, bring Matt. out the drinks. Yeah. Also sponsored right, by right. sponsored uh, by uh, Ziggenbach All Hands and Real Ale. You're right. No free advertising, but sure. Yeah. All, I'll hand, try, yeah. all Hands, which is pretty strong. Shout out to those guys. I too, got an APA guys. and a Ziggenbach. Uh, I might do the Ziggen. I don't know if I can Likewise. handle that. This, it, it, See, so, are these twist off? Do we know? Zigan Bach. I'm not oh, trying to drink. Right. I'll take this. Uh, you got sparkling water in there? I do have sparkling water in there. <laughs> Good uh, guy. Oh, so you leave oh, me hanging. Spin drifts. <laughs> Haley? Right, cool. Got another spin drifts? No. I'm good. I have an all hands. <laughs> Let's just say I was coming into this meeting with a kombucha and I'm leaving with a Zigan box. Uh, that's where we're going. <laughs> yeah. Winning. Yeah. I was a twist off. I'm going to do it. I did it. Uh, all right. Speed cheers, rounds. Man. Yeah, cheers, man. Prost. Y'all ready? Haley, what you got for us? One music genre for the rest of your life. What is it? Go. Ooh, I would just say folk because it's like I can listen to songwriter music. Yeah. Continuously. Vibey for sure. Now I'm questioning mine, but yeah. I don't even listen to it anymore, but I'd say classic rock, probably. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably say, like, Americana. Does that even exist anymore? Americana? Yeah. Hipster it's alert. That's a good one because it covers everything. Yeah, you yeah. Can call yeah, yeah. So, Mumford and Sons the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming to ACL. All right. Favorite up-and-coming artist or band? Mm. Um, this is not, I feel like, the proper band for our listeners, but <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a band called Zeal and Ardor. It's a one-man band. He's like half black, and it's like really folk music mixed with dark, like with death metal, and it's super interesting. All right. Okay. Yeah. Zealander. <laughs> I feel like you made that up. I, I can't make that up. Folk Don't music, go look it up. Metal? Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Interesting. Uh, I'll go. Uh, I'm listening to. I mean, they're kind of my buddies, but a band called Briscoe. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two guys in Austin. Um, kind of folky style. That they just actually toured with uh, Noah Kahan? Khan. I don't know if I know that one. And uh, Rustin Kelly. Okay. Yeah, so. Uh, like you're making names, though. Up and coming. Right on. No, dude, they're good dudes. They're a lot of fun, too. They just, like, graduated from college, too, so they're, like, Briscoe's full, full yeah. yeah. Man, I don't, I, the pressure, like, when you do what I do is, like, trying to pick a band. That's yeah, dude, no pressure. Yeah. You're not allowed to say <laughs> yeah. get... Well, I can't pick favorites yeah. either, I wouldn't say. But, I mean, I have, I have a lot of bands I'm a fan of right now. But, like, they're, I would say that, like, some of the bands that we did, like, we did a program this year where we go find young new bands. Cool. And so, like, I would say that there was three artists, all that were part of that. And it was, like, going into it, I didn't know how much I would love each of them. And so, like, we did this thing with this kid, Angel White, who's out of Dallas. Yeah. And he was awesome, incredible dude. Um, and then band called RC Drive out of Long Island. And uh, they yeah. were super fun and a name. blast. Yeah. And they're just like they're so stoked on music. Yeah. They were just like it made me want to be twenty and like be out with them on the <laughs> That's road. That's cool. And there was a girl Perla who we worked with out of New York who was nice. also just like nice. incredible. And they're totally different vibes. And yeah. It's cool. I mean, I just like, I love, that's my favorite part about what we do. Searching yeah. new bands out. So yeah. I'm going to forget if I don't ask this now, but do, do y'all kind of, uh, are you bringing any of those got those, that like level of band to, to luck on purpose? Like to kind of introduce a new, uh, age or, 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 uh, 
Yeah, what's your and philosophy with getting yeah. things that look? I mean, that's like our biggest pride and joy of the whole project is like the whole intersection of like legacy and people who paved the way and then like up and coming young new artists who are like trying to pave their own new path in their own ways. Like yeah. and we try to like look for bands who are like kind of pioneering their own thing or they're like trying things or they're like innovating or they're, you know, just taking it seriously and really wanting to do something unique. And so we, every, that's our favorite part of the event. Like I would say that like my least favorite part of booking the festival is headliners because it's like, it's really more just a negotiation. Right. And like, I love them, you know, you get a super, I'm yeah. so stoked to see like the, right. the big names up on stage or whatever, but like booking all of these up and coming bands who were just like, when they get the phone call are so psyched yeah. and like, it's an opportunity. And then it's a moment. To yeah. Them. And then seeing them come back like eight years later and be like too expensive. We can't afford them. is like rad. Like having yeah. people like we've had like Tyler Childers or Billy Strings play to like eight people and people ignore them. Incredible. Like Phoebe Bridgers oh played and no one listened because now they didn't know who she was and they were wow. just like, oh, wow. there's some chick singing. And now if they knew, they would be like, do they still love the yeah. experience? It's it's like they they do names. they enjoy the music but they brush it off. No, right? I mean the musicians. Oh, the like, musicians. I I'm, I think so. Like I would say yeah. a lot of people like really have a pride in it and come back. Like I think that one of our big things is trying to create that community feel of like everybody's part of it. Like the headliner to the like smallest band, they all, there's no real green rooms. So they all share common space. Like they mm. meet each other. And that's something we've always wanted to have it be is it's just not like artist worship. It's yeah. It's like, it's, experience. it's community. It's artist yeah. community and like bringing yeah. them in, bringing like the people who work it to like some of the vendors and stuff. It becomes like, you see each other at another festival six months later and you're like, Hey, what's up? Wow. You know? And, yeah. and that's what we've always wanted it to be. And it's, it's cool to see now, like, you know, we're 11 years in to when it started and like just seeing these people come back and come back and like, you know, I, I can't say who it might be, but I think the headliner next year is someone who like went from like playing, you know, tiny stage and acoustic in the garden to like now would we would there's no way we could afford them. Wow. You know, so it's, it's rad. It's, it's like, really cool. So it's been 11 though. years since you got that call in New York and <laughs> yeah. did the first one two months later. Yeah. How old are you? Throws, yeah, no, 37, man. Gosh, you look great. Great skin. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's because it's I'm not drinking <laughs> Ziegenbach. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, sorry All right. to interrupt that very speed question. Okay. Dead or alive, who would you want to see live? Maybe you've already seen them. Maybe you haven't yet. Go. Dead or alive. Good question. My father. Are oh, you mean musician? Your father? Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this just took a turn. This took a turn. Go down another place. Yeah. Uh, don't make me go first. I'll go. I think Michael Jackson, honestly. Oof. Controversial. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And I could go down a lot of those roads, but I'm going to yeah. say John Prine because, like, yeah, I actually, yeah. I've got to see him once, but I, like, we had him booked for the year that he passed away. Like, so, like, going into the pandemic, he was going to play our festival, Man. had to have surgery, so canceled. Right there, right? We never got to have it and so that was yeah. one of those things where i'm yeah. like i just am a huge fan and not yeah. having it come full circle was a That's bummer yeah. yeah that is the hardest thing and so mine would be Jimi hendrix and mm -hmm. it would be i'd want to be at like woodstock you know what i mean like there yeah my sisters and i over spring break we just like pulled up youtube you know my sister's like 10 years younger than me what do we have to yeah. talk about everything's yeah. bussing i don't know yeah. and um <laughs> we're watching these old music videos our old footage of like all these old bands playing and i'm like yeah. oh my gosh like yeah. 
watching like Santana or Jimi Hendrix. Like it's just incredible. Yeah. And I would love to also like everyone's skinny back then. What's well, changed, man? Nut seed oils. I don't know. Well, that no I one mean, ate. All no of one ate. That's it. Like, <laughs> more drugs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like, that would have been awesome yeah. to see. Especially like just yeah. the fathers of the music we listen to today. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. That's why, I mean, Willie Nelson, I know we'll get into it, but that's, what's incredible. It's yeah. someone who's like a father of a type of music who's still around playing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think there's somebody said, yeah, or you, you got to answer. Haley, you got one? Crickets. <laughs> That's all right. Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I don't. Something not many people know about you. <laughs> Something that you guys always look at me. I need time to process. Um, well, the thing, the good thing is uh, people listening probably know nothing about me. So there you go. So tell them anything. Uh, I guess on, on the topic, uh, play guitar. Really? Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Wow, I didn't know that either. Well, guys, thanks. Good. I'll share that because like guys. no, I wouldn't. I don't tell yeah. anyone that I play music, including the musicians, and I like uh, write songs. No one would ever hear. I feel like I'd really? look at you. And Even be my like, wife's maybe. Yeah, heard, me like, too. Why is that? You think you? I don't. It's not my desire to like perform. Yeah. I'm also like an in, sort of more introverted. That's another. Yeah. I would say I'll just go right into mine then because yeah, like one of the first things I would say is that like I'm pretty. I'm relatively like an extroverted introvert. Uh. So as much as I love interacting with like small groups of people, I'm not a big party person. So yeah. I throw music festivals so. and I have anxiety all day because I'm. <laughs> walking around getting cornered by like person yes. after person as I walk around. You're exhausted. <laughs> I've created my own nightmare. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I can't, I have to I literally find places to hide throughout the day to like watch. Yeah. I'd love to be a therapist stuff. and yeah. just talk about why you're doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine would be, I mean, people here know it, but I have, I'm in the cult of CrossFit. And I'm probably the fattest CrossFitter I know. No, that goes every on. day. Stop, no. Hunter. <laughs> but you can pick uh, up a Volkswagen. Uh, a, a tiny one. <laughs> cult is correct. It's a bro. cult. It's yeah. cult. Yeah. But I love it. <laughs> okay, and this last one is for Matt only. Besides luck, what's the favorite project you've worked on, and why is it Spy Kids for? <laughs> she wrote. She wrote these. By I the way. love that. She I wrote these. <laughs> Spy Kids was actually kind of fun. Yeah, like Jeremy Piven was like. I is got there even a four? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome. A breakdown oh on set. Um, man, the, my favorite project I worked on. I, it's hard to say because they're like everything's so different. Like I really have like worked on so many really random projects um, in the film world. I think my favorite project I worked on was True Grit, just being the, mm. like I was a huge Coen Brothers fan and just yeah. getting to, like sat next to them every day all day. Like I was like running their monitors and their village and everything. Dang. And wow. so I got to like just be there and work with Roger Deakins, who was my favorite DP. It was like Incredible. having all of that next to me all day was ridiculous. I just couldn't, you know. Yeah. Um, and then outside of that, it was like doing music video. Like I did a music video for Chuck Berry, like right before he wow. passed away, which was ridiculous. Wow. Um, and then I would say in the fashion stuff, it would have been, I mean, we did a big like St. Laurent show where we like overlooked New York and it was like, we were flying drones and had this amazing Dang. like seven, eight camera production and like, wow. you know, just this insane like stadium they built. And crazy. so it's just like, I mean, I, I feel like that's the thing is I'm really, I just enjoy working like a lot. And so it's, mm. I have so much fun working with groups of people and creating things yeah. that, every project can really be like kind of my favorite. If you think back to like the experiences, like I have these memories of like working on military training films in like El Paso and like wow. New Mexico where we just had like a blast. Like I got to like fire like 
60 caliber machine guns off the top of Humvees and like sitting in an Abrams tank while it fires. We want yeah, you. So, like when else yeah. are you going to do that? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so cool. like, yeah, go work in a creative weird industry and don't make money and you'll have yeah. so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> so many experiences. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you've created the, you know, it's like you talk about, you love all these projects because you've had these experiences doing them and like, but that's the life you created. The journey that you've created for yourself is having those experiences as work, whether yeah. fruitful or not, which it sounds like it is, but it's yeah, awesome, it can be. It's like, I mean, I'll say this. I, when I was like, I want to, I was like probably in my like kind of college age, I worked for a friend of mine and I'm not going to name anything about the company or my friend can call him out on it, but he, he worked at like a big, like a corporate job. Like it was like definitely a nine to five. You get there at like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning and you leave at five or four thirty or whatever it was. And it's like, I went there and it was like, I worked there for one week, filled in and did this job at a desk in a cubicle. And I was like 20 and I sat there and I remember it was like, tomorrow is jeans day. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then it was like, they had cake one day and it was like office space just appeared in my mind oh my when they're all passing the cake around yeah, and they're, yeah. they're all so stoked about yeah, cake. Yeah. And everybody was just amped to just go have cake for two minutes. Yeah. And I was like, if cake is this exciting, like I, I don't I can't it's like I have, one to, week I too have long. to create my own yeah. life because like I can never be this guy. It's just oh not God, me. Yeah. I feel I felt like a rat in a cage the whole mm-hmm. time and was like that was the, one of the biggest life. And it's funny because like the, if my friend hears this and he might like I'm gonna laugh because it's like he's gonna be like I hate you for saying <laughs> <that." laughs> yeah. Is he still like, there? What's it? No, he moved on to a different company and everything else. But okay. it's like he just—he's a very creative guy, <laughs> but chose guy. that yeah, track. Like he's always, but he's hey, look, he's got a nice house, got a pool. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. for some people, yeah. he can give me grief all day long <laughs> yeah. about how I can barely make rent and still live paycheck to paycheck. He can afford like, a pack meal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> totally, <laughs> he probably yeah. has three, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. in that life is for some people. Like, yeah, you know, climbing the ladder. Yeah, um, and they just want to sit down and and grind in that way. Yeah. All right, that's speed questions. Thank you, Haley. Speed rounds. Yeah, yeah. Brought to you cheers, by yo. Spindrift and all yeah, that. Cheers. <laughs> good. Coffee. I want to go back to you're sitting at this table. Uh, Willie's across from you. What is he doing when you're pitching this, or, or is he is he care at all? Or I mean, Willie in a lot of interactions with him over the years, like he takes things in and he sort of just like gives you this like cold nod of like yeah. approval and willingness or whatever, or like he'll, he'll like, he holds space for you. But it's funny. Cause like out of all the interactions I have with him over the years, it's like, he's very chill about it. So it was like, yeah. he was like, yeah, it was just kind of like I got the yeah. nod of approval and it was yeah. like and we we didn't really know each other like we knew each other from the movie we'd been on set together like we've had interactions you know I think it was still this thing where he's like there's this guy Matt I've met him four or five times and he's yeah. here and like my wife seems to think he wants to do this so why not <laughs> yeah, whatever so you know he's just he's that kind of like personality too where I feel like so often he's kind of like yeah we'll see what happens yeah like I just feel like he's uh in all my interactions yeah, yeah. And, he, yeah. and he like he just lets things play out. He does it with people. He reads. It's so entertaining to see him interact with people and like read them. And then like whether he's like got a quick, quick witted joke to call him on or corner him a little bit in their conversation or, yeah. you know, put him on the edge of their seat. Like, I think he's really he's a great observer of humanity. And like you can obviously tell in his songs. And I think you see it when you're around him because he's like he's quick witted. He's clever. He's listening. And I think it gives him that edge that's like 
amazingly fun to like yeah. to see. It's kind of what you'd think he would be, you know. He's yeah. like he's definitely the funniest guy around and yeah. when he needs to be. And That's really cool, man. He could probably listen to that all day. So uh, he and going back into luck, or is he? What's his role with that? Is it very hands off? Is I'd imagine. Yeah, we call him the Godfather or like yeah. our landlord. And like we yeah. make the jokes all the time about that. So <laughs> trying like, to play a song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean he plays he plays a yeah. set and we ha- like you know, we've we had a few conversations about stuff. He called like I have like a video one year he sent of him like being like you guys are killing it, you know, oh, like man. we love this, it's like so fun. And he holds he's on like, to that after Yeah, time. it's like he I've been put on the, I got put on the phone with him, I think like our second year, and it was the first year that he played. And it like his wife called me and like I, I was like, what? so he didn't even play the first year. No, the first two years he didn't play actually. So I think it was the third year that it was the first time he ever played. I mean that okay. makes sense. Yeah. You're just utilizing. The yeah, space. and they kind of yeah. felt us out. You know, yeah. they kind of like yeah. were like, Five let's see if these kids are like, <laughs> like yeah. we probably shouldn't play it until we know Ellie's they can actually. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see what these guys do to our farm. Like before they burn it down, uh-huh. let's see if they can do it. <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, yeah, I think it was like the third year, and I got a phone call, and I didn't, I answered, and it wasn't, it was his wife, and she was sort of like. Here, one second. And she, like, put him on the phone. He was like, hey, you know, like, he's like, you did a great. He's like, that was super cool. Like, what are we doing? When are we doing it again? And it sort of, like, instilled that, like, thought. And I think he's, that's probably happened three or four times throughout the process over the years where he's like, we doing it again? What's the plan? You know, and it's like, every time I hear that, I'm like, I guess if you want us to, like, we'll keep doing it. You know, as long (laughs) as you want to keep playing and hanging, like, we'll keep throwing it. But, yeah, he's, like, they're very hands-off. Like, his... His wife kind of is engages a lot as manager, works with us, his team. But like for the most part, like you know, he comes, he plays, he he shows up for the things, he's there. Like he, you know, he'll be home a lot of times around that time period, and so it it ends up just being like an annual kind of homecoming for him to cool. like have a moment off the road and get to play in his backyard. One of the yeah. few places he gets to like drive to his gig, <laughs> so he'll like drive his truck down from the house and like pull right up to stage yeah. and run up to. How stage. old is Willie? 90. He just turned ninety. 90. Yeah, wow. 90th birthday was like April 29th. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That is awesome. 11 years you've been doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so in that 11 years, how has luck grown? How has it changed? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions here, but like music festival, how would how does that mean to you now? What yeah. does luck mean to you? Where is it going? So I think like it started as a party that we wanted to do as a place to like celebrate musicians we love right and it was like somewhere like let's give a platform for people we love their music who don't maybe have a platform to perform and at the time south by southwest was like shifting into like this was like lady gaga meat dress territory like it was becoming like doritos towers and amazing big thing (laughs) there was less less about music yeah Yeah, it was like but it was like hilarious you know and it still is now there's like drones spelling out names in the sky or whatever barcodes explain for uh our listeners who don't know what it is or outside of texas that or what south by is yeah, what so South by Southwest is like a global, what started as a, I believe, I, I want to say, did South by start as a, I think it was a music festival originally. Oh, really? I, I think th- it was, I yeah. film. It was one of the other. I thought it was film. Yeah, I it was know. like, I remember going to film festival and not even knowing what it was. It right. was so tiny feeling. Right. But I remember also the music being like one street on 6th Street, just clubs and you just walked around right. and like. Early years, it really was a discovery, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And then it was like, then the sponsors got bigger, then the bands got bigger, then it became like who's who, and then yeah. you know the people almost forgot that they were there for the conference or for whatever it was. Now I would say it's like a global culture festival 
that huh. is talking about like I mean they go from everything from politics to environmental to uh, food systems to music to you know there's there's culture literally gathering. yeah it's a culture gathering it's a conference it's like TED talks on steroids in person kind of like experiential stuff there's just so much going on I think that you know when we started luck it was like I was working in the film stuff still so we worked South by was our ca everybody's cash cow like I shot Bill Nye the science guy with like uh, <laughs> Bill, Bill Bill yeah like, Bill. like in like a weird venue on 6th street and then like would go was I that shot after your time or yeah. Bill Nye? no that was my okay. prime uh, no magic school bus and Miff's Frizzle yeah and it was like I did a we did like Perez Hilton's party every year. Like, I remember shooting like uh, some of these artists that like blew up like after that and stuff. And it was one of those moments, but it was like always the most awkward things. And it was super weird and very like, it's just a different thing. And we were just like, man, I kind of wish we could have parties. And so like luck really grew out of that desire to have something that felt like Austin again, felt like Texas, felt like what we grew up in, like going to a green hall show or a show in Austin at like some of the smaller clubs and seeing like those, more like communal music where it was like the musicians respected each other and knew each other, things mm -hmm. like that. And so we tried to start with that. And then over the years, it like the first year was a party. We just wanted to see if we could pull it off. We had no idea what we were doing. Like I drove a, a box truck around for like days, picking up kegs and running things like my buddy Cameron. And like, yeah. It's like an entire pallet of Tito's gets spilled all over us. Like in a <laughs> truck, like it's like, you're going to, so like, it was an experience, and I remember so. calling like Scott, who's one of our operations manager now for Luck. He's our one of my partners. Like, he uh, he, w I called him like year two and was like, "Hey man, I like I don't want to drive a truck all day. So like, would you like to come be a partner and run this thing with me, just to help me?" And I, like he threw a festival up in Oklahoma, and I was just like, "I feel like you know what you're doing. Please help me so I don't have to be in a truck all day." Yeah. And it was like then we just started giving it more and more structure and be making it into an event. I think it was like year three when it willy played and when it started to become like we we were like sold out like the first two years let's just put it this way the first two years the sheriffs came and unplugged us the first oh. two years oh, we're wow. like we didn't have permits we didn't have any permission to but do is there anything. even like noise or ordinance oh yeah there? for sure there was like really? yeah it's like 10 p.m and like we were shut down every year like right around that time oh, period like man. the first year was gary clark jr was on stage and they were like who's going to jail tonight <gasps> Like, like, that's literally what the sheriff said as he pulled up. He's like, who's going to jail? Like, everybody like, was oh like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, all of us? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And so, like, the correct choice. Yeah. I am Spartacus. <laughs> and they let him play, like, one. They were like, he can play one more song. So, and he uh, played, like, a 12-minute bright lights and, like, closed it down. And then, like, the second year, it was uh, Jim James and My Morning Jacket. Oh, and wow. they like wow. showed up and they're like, what are you guys doing? They were like, <laughs> what is this? And like, so they shut us down sort of again. They like let him finish his set. We got out of there, barely pulled it off. And then like, they let us know that it was over. And so year three, they were like, you cannot do that again. You need a permit. You need this, whatever. And I remember the fire marshal, like we'd already announced the festival and we we're starting to put it together. And it was like three weeks out from the event. And I got a call from like the fire marshal and it was like, yeah, you want to go to jail? <gasps> And, and so it was like we were like forced hand to pull permits and do all the process yeah. last minute. And it was beautiful, like Texas to the bone, where it was like they just like hazed us. It's like they knew we didn't know what we were doing. And they were like, we're going to actually like overkill it. We're going to tell them they, they need double the what they need. We're oh, gonna, yeah. Gosh. And so they just like threw it all at us. And we figured it out. Like the and then, yeah. And I, and I feel like we earned our like the, literally like the. 
like we now every year we go to a hearing and like the county commissioner's court approves our permit and all this stuff and it's a process and like wow. but like they like literally when we pulled it off i feel like the fire marshal and sheriff's department were like well, these guys well uh, i got they, they got, got the grit, grit. <laughs> <laughs> they got grit. Yeah, yeah. and so like we kind of earned their favor and became now they like you know they've actually helped us over the years and helped us get through some hard times and so anyway, wow. it just kept it kept growing, and it went. I think it was year three that it finally hit its like capacity, and we realized that was its capacity, and started to think like, okay, we're going to keep doing this, and that's when we partnered with Willie. That's when we started to say like, this is actually going to be a business. This is going to be something that we grow and we maintain this town, and so it was around that time that we decided to like really give it structure and grow it, and and we also decided like we needed to cap it. We needed to like make sure it preserved a certain culture and community where people could experience it in a way that wasn't like another major festival or mm. shoulder to shoulder. You gave a party stale. intention. Yeah. yeah. And, and so like we really like got in touch with our sort of like soul of it with like, what do we want this to be? And that's when we had that discovery phase and really like started giving it a voice and figuring that out. And that's when we called it luck, uh, luck reunion. That's when we renamed mm. it. Mm. And so it became the family reunion for us. It was like every year we get back together and we hold space for everyone to come back together and celebrate this. And so, it wasn't but like a year or two after that that like it was selling out so fast that people were so mad and it was getting so crazy that they were like i mean it was like we just get screamed at on the internet and it was like you go on facebook or whatever and, and like the tickets would sell out in like 0.2 seconds and people's credit cards would have been getting run and like our w website would crash every year for two years and, okay you know. tay swift yeah, yeah. It was so we i mean but we had that bad and like people would be like you don't know what you're doing your website's terrible yeah. like i want my money back you know it was like a whole thing yeah and so then we were like we're gonna have to figure this out so we started doing these like lotteries and that's how mm. now the festival sold through a series of like five or six different lotteries and we randomize drawings of everybody who enters and then we send out winning codes and those people can purchase so you actually have to win a chance to purchase tickets wow. and so from that then too we started like our lucky draw live which is like our in-person version of that because the locals complained that they didn't have a good enough chance and so we started to create chances for the locals mm. and so it's just been like listening to the audience and like trying to be human in that experience where it's not like we're a corporation we're a business like we just got to keep printing money and throwing festivals it's more like every year we listen to like the crowd we talk to the bands like our booking is a lot about like having conversations with bands like who are you listening to who's who's going to be the new band like oh this drummer just started a new project like huh. you know even like when father john misty played it was like the phone call was sort of like the drummer from the fleet foxes has got a solo project and we're like can we hear and they're like no and we're like cool should we try to book him anyway <laughs> and then out. it was like he doesn't have a band he needs a band and we're like yeah. let's book him a band and then he got up on stage and was like i don't even know who you guys are get off stage it was like the funniest <laughs> like it was, the, but he uh, i think he took acid that night it was like <laughs> but like like all of our like it's just always been a reactionary project and i think that's like comes down to like that ethos i think that earlier i'd kind of been saying something about willie and his like he's a listener in a way and you can like see that and i think that's something we i've tried to like instill into luck and in talking to people is like let's mm -hmm. listen and evolve every time like let's not just like keep our heads down and like say this is what we do and we're gonna like make the fans like it or hate it it's sort of like we're part of it's a two-way conversation like yeah. every year we're trying to make the experience better for them trying to make the experience Inclusive, better for the musicians yeah. and like just hold space like all we are is space and then the biggest change that's happened over the last like 10 years is that we went from we put together a festival and curated 
to a festival happens and curates itself and we mm. are like i always say we're the bumpers on the bowling lane yeah like we're no longer the bowler we're no longer in charge of like like we literally are just kind of keeping it in the lanes because yeah. like we're we get i mean we get submitted a thousand plus bands every year wow. we get sent all these things like all these vendors all of these people all these sponsors and so like it's really about who we let in and like checking that everybody understands the culture and trying yeah. to give it like some structure more than it is like us saying this is what we want to do yeah and that's been the biggest change over the years is just sort of like trying to continue to keep it sacred in a way keep it special and then allow access to more people through different routes like can we expand things can we create content can we and that can't know, be the easy it? route no like, that's not the easy it's the definitely easy i mean route the easy route would be make a ten thousand people and make ten million dollars and yeah. <laughs> sell it to live nation next year right. yeah right. so I commend you yeah. for that. I mean, that's yeah. like, it's not easy. No, it's I mean? definitely not. And then over the pandemic was like, we, we definitely, I mean, like what a lot of people don't realize about luck is they think it, they're like, oh, it's Willie Nelson. It's a festival. Like it's, they, they're killing it, right? Like right. everybody talks about it. It sells out. Like they're killing it. But the reality is like, we started it with like $30,000 and yeah. it's never had any capital input to it. We skated mm. through the pandemic by like pivoting the whole company into being like a production company because oh. of my film background. It was like, well, we're going to start making video. And right. So we like live streamed and then we started live streaming for other people. And then we started filming for other people and we like ran the money through the company to keep people on staff to keep mm. it going wow. and then had to pivot back to an events company mob, basically yeah 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 really mob all it's all fake money yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and we're a cult so yeah, how did I mean, how did covid change the way like what did you do for those few years covid was crazy like we so we canceled luck uh three days five days no yeah five days prior to actually it happening oh, we were already yeah. loading in we already had everything happening like it was like bands were booked everything <sighs> was happening everything was moving forward and we kept going down that road so like it was a huge shock it was like i had a meeting with I'm like sure. the, i talked earlier about the like um what are they called the um the travis county commissioner's court and like we were sitting there and we had a meeting like the judge sarah eckhart who was like the county commissioner she's now like uh you know she's in uh i want to say she's senate like texas senate or whatever but she um was like there's no way you're going to be canceled like this hasn't even really made it to texas yet you're 100 percent good and we were like sitting there it was like me and like the austin rodeo and we were like hey if we cancel this it's gonna be uh like a lot of money like we like we're loading stuff in tomorrow and when we start there's no turning back oh and they gosh. were like no way it's getting canceled and then like two days later she called me and was like yeah everything's canceled oh, south by is announcing later today that they're canceling so hard you guys are next and so it was like pretty traumatic and that's when we pivoted to doing this like virtual live stream because we were like oh we have like you know this huge audience who's super crushed we're all we've been working on this for a year yeah. since last year it's your life. no breaks yeah. yeah and like we're like our whole team's devastated so we're yeah. like what can we do and we're like well, let's live stream it and like everyone was like what we can't get people together and i was like well i've done all these remote things before you just like as long as they have like skype or something we can merge them in it's like the news like you get remote broadcasts and mm -hmm. people were like i had to convince everybody kind of like how it would work and then we yeah. sat down and started doing some tests i called like old buddies i had the funniest part of the whole thing is that like in 2019 December, I closed my video production company to put all of my eggs in the luck basket to grow it. We hired a staff. Wow. I closed my video company, sold my gear, 
I'm my only job is luck. Yeah. <laughs> no. Three months later, yeah. I have no video company, no gear. Our whole staff has no like project to work on, and I have no other income. And I'm like, oh, so like yeah. I called all my friends who I just like basically sold gear to, and was like, we need a switcher, we need this, yeah. we need camera gear, and so we built like a kit, and we like did this virtual live stream, and wow. ended up having like two and a half million viewers and wow. it like ended wow. up being this crazy thing where people were like what and then so like we kind of like you know we didn't break the internet it's two million people but it right. was like at the time like everybody was like wait what and so yeah, like yeah. our phones just never stopped ringing after that and then mm. we did like a 421 for willie's birthday we called it wow. and we did like a party for that did a live stream thing and before and then like sure enough it was like within a few months it was like every week I'd get three or four phone calls from like farm aid or from this person or from this other festival or from like a agent from another company. And they were like, Hey, we want to do this thing. How do we do it? And so wow. at a certain point you realize you're like, Oh wait, like, the, the, like I shouldn't just like spend hours on the phone with everybody teaching them how I should right. like, we should start doing this for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so we sort of pivoted the company into being like a live streaming events company for two years. And so we did our own streams and got sponsors and wow. did like cooking shows and we did, we started our own channel called luck.stream, which we've sort of phased out now because it just didn't hold up really. It didn't make a lot of sense for what we were doing. Right. But it like, yeah, we just pivoted fully yeah. and then had to pivot back again. And so yeah. we just ran from one side of the boat to the other for two years. And yeah. then coming out of the pandemic, started to start throw events again. And our whole team was like, how do we do that? So it's a ride. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really wow. been like, so we're actually, this year was the first year that I feel like we really like got back to like in the what groove. we were yeah. in the groove again like yeah. we're thinking ahead not yeah. tomorrow yeah. yeah i think a lot of people experience that but in the for event sure. world it's like it's a lot for sure yeah. yeah talk about uh the character of luck and and what your goal is with it now and and where um i've heard the phrase anti-coachella talk about what that is that that wasn't the us that ever okay, said it. Okay, yeah, that, so that was like, we did a Fast Company interview. That was like, Google like, Yeah, yeah. I think, 20, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. 2019, 2019 festival, I think like Fast Company did an article with us and yeah, we like yeah. interviewed us and stuff. And then afterwards, like the headline of it was like, You're luck like, is the anti-Coachella. Yeah, we're, like, we're like, don't tell Coachella. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, 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 I feel like they Burn might get down. mad at us. Yeah, but like the, it always has been about being a community and being intimate and being something that was that. And so, the ethos going forward with it is is really about preserving that and the responsibility of that community, both with Willie, like Willie's 90, 90 years old. I mean, like a patron saint of Texas, like, yeah, right. you know, you Absolutely. really think about it, it's like Willie really is like, he represents so much to so many people and luck as a town is this movie set built for, you know, redhead stranger and has all this history. And so like, there's sort of this like, responsibility to legacy and to history that I feel with the festival that we all kind of as a team are like, we have a responsibility to maintain this. And then we also have a responsibility to create a platform for people in the future. Like we've become a discovery platform, like artists that play our festival and a couple other festivals, like they're the ones that get booked on everything all year. There's a certain like cachet to it. It's like, it can put people on the map that maybe nobody knew about. Mm. And we feel like that's a little bit of responsibility too, is to continue to be a place for that. Like there's less and less places for someone to be discovered and like, mm -hmm. you know, be on a bill with Willie Nelson when they're, you know, a band that maybe plays to 50 people on the weekends, you know, like, yeah. so it's like, it really becomes like an opportunity. So they, you're also really giving them that, that old school, it. like now it's like TikTok or yeah. it's like student, you know, everyone jokes about uh, SoundCloud, yeah. SoundCloud rapper, or you get on TikTok, you create content, but like, 
you're almost creating an opportunity to do it the old school way yeah of like getting in front of people and showing what what you've got and saying like oh i'm an agent almost yeah in addition to running a festival in addition to creating a culture and putting people out there who may otherwise have not been seen or been able to tour mm-hmm. yeah. that's cool yeah it's it's like it's a responsibility as much as it is an opportunity you know it's yeah like, it's but it's, it's rad it's like it's just there's less and less places for human interaction in today's world and i think like myself my biggest pride is that we're a place for human interaction like you can go and meet someone that shares a hobby with you or an interest with you that you would have never met on you know instagram or tiktok you know you're not going to have those experiences and i think those things are going to become more and more valuable as we continue to become like more and more people that work on laptops and live in our own little houses and worlds like how many times a year do people get together in large groups and interact with each other and like share something which is totally important and i think it parallels the the beauty of of live music too i mean look at austin i mean that culture like desires live music i mean i live there now and and it's all people want to do is just go see who's playing and same thing with your your brothels too i mean the place that you grew up in is you got these young and upcoming guys that are you know Nobody knows who they are, but they're really songwriter on every corner here. Yeah. And they're good too. Like, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, there's definitely something in the water in Texas with like, there's like that outdoor, like the people just come from a like space and then like, and I, we're changing fast and I think we're losing more and more of that. So like space is valuable. Like, I don't know. It is true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just made eye contact. That's cool. Uh, uh, What's your relationship like with Willie uh, now? You know, it's like, I wouldn't say we're like, like I, I see him, I see him a couple times a year. And yeah. I think that, that that's the thing is, is especially after so does the everybody pandemic. Else. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> you know, it's like the, after the pandemic, he's been even more isolated than ever. Like it used to be like, you go up on the bus and chat a little bit or you go up to the house or whatever. Now it's like, did you test, you know, before you're coming over? Did you do what you like? Mm. We're really, you know, it's like, we're trying to all keep Willie yeah. safe. And I think that's yeah. a big important thing is as he gets older and like just taking care of that and holding space for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I mean like we've we've had less chances to interact in the last few years, but I did, you know, I shot tons of videos for him back, you know, in over the years, the last like 11 years, I've shot a lot of music videos. There's been a certain trust that's been built. And then just being like able to sit in the room and like be a fly on the wall to Willie's world. I mean, it's it's really, it's really interesting. Like I've, I've been on from all different perspectives of like sitting there and like, you know, when they're having poker games to like being on the bus while he's being interviewed to being, you know, doing shoots with him and stuff and seeing the different angles. And like, he's like the most consistent. He's Willie Nelson. I mean, he is the person that you imagine. And like, I mean, I still have those little moments where you like, I'll sit there and kind of have to pinch myself a little bit because it's like, this is the guy who I listened to like redheaded strangers record on repeat over and over again in my apartment when I was, you know, 19 and 20 and like now I'm sitting here at his poker table and he's wearing like short shorts and no shirt and like drinking hot tea and chatting. And it's like, this is weird. (laughs) You know, it's like you try to, but it's like, it's funny because he's so human that you forget that he's Willie Nelson when you're with him. And so it's, yeah, he's just, he's just like this clever, intelligent, fun, like interesting guy. And so like, if you let it get in your head, you could be like, Oh, it's Willie Nelson. But the truth is, is like, He'll pull up in his truck and chat just to, you know, just like any, you know, uncle or whatever you right, got, you know, right. he's, a, he's just like a really real guy and he's who you think he is. Yeah. Like that's, that's what's really cool. That's I've cool. met a lot of like celebrities through film and through other stuff. And there's a few, I would say like, I could count on like 
one or two hands, you know, like the like Jeff Bridges and the Willie Nelsons who are like, when you see the movie and you think of who they are, and then when you meet them and they're that person and like you get that fulfillment of like they're exactly what i thought like willie's wow. one of them he's like, like he's character. the guy you think he yeah. is yeah, yeah. that is cool so you're 37 i mean career speaking that's still young like you've been doing this for 11 years now um what is is there other aspirations for you beyond like now that you're in the music festival game um and you probably learn more skills and new things like beyond luck is there anything else that you're interested in doing yeah, I mean, a lot, you know, I think yeah. like, like luck again was an accident, you know, right. and I think that like, I feel a huge sort of like obligation to it. And I feel sure. like that I'm, I, like I tell people when they ask about that kind of question of like, well, what are you, what's your, what do you, how long would you stay with? Like, well, what's your plan with luck? Is that your what life? You and I'm like, in five years? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, I intend to whatever happens with luck whether I leave it, whether I'm on a board or whether I'm part of it, like we, if we, whatever happens with it, I would love to see it go on for 20 to 50 more years being luck the space being like being able to preserve that legacy and the history and like holding space for that to come like I would love to whatever whenever I pass that torch to someone younger than me and more ambitious than me whatever that might be that I can know that there's a future for like that would say beyond Willie yeah it's like you want it to have its own future you want it to pave a future that like honors willie even even if willie's not the lead of it you know every year you know even if he's not headlining you want it to be a place where people can go and sort of like pay homage to him in a way and i think to me that's what it really could be is an amazing space to continue i mean right now we get to do it to him with him which is amazing like all these artists get to come and like stand on stage with him and sing you know finale and it's like that's i mean i can't even imagine as a young artist what that must feel like to go up on stage with willie and be like i'm singing with willie the finale song that I, you know, grew up watching him do. I mean, that's incredible, but yeah. I would love to see that go on for generations. Right. And then my own career, it's like, I'm already, you know, I'm not going to go into too much detail cause I haven't announced it yet, but I'm like, I have another festival. I'm actually uh, starting next, next May. So I'm going to be announcing that probably. I think this I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. No, I won't say nothing. Yeah. I won't go too far into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I got, yeah. But I got another project next May that I'm going to be okay. launching cause I, uh, Put it together. I've got my my production company, Noise Frontier, which is sort of becoming more and more. I'm promoting shows. I'm helping book some venues. I'm consulting on projects. So you got like, music fever. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm enjoying the like storytelling aspect of it. Like I found cool. that there's a gap in the music world, which hasn't really been tapped. I don't think, and to an extent, of like fan first experiences that truly are like, like well-rounded and experiential in a way that like people can have memories and connect with them and like have a story to tell and that the artists can have that same kind of experience like i want to continue to prove that there's a way to do music festivals differently i think mm. almost then like you think of like burning man all these things that started mm. i think with that in mind but they quickly yeah you know it gets sure. to the capitalism part. yeah everybody everything goes to that if you let it yeah. and i think that's what i'm like i want to start and like continue to build things that like have legacy and future that don't need to be it's like aren't made for the if you had a portfolio of eight projects that all made some money you can have a great living and not have to be like live nation which not just like shit on live nation but like call me live nation. not to yeah. own you know hundreds of venues and hundreds of festivals and yeah. just make them all be printing money you know, and, and I think some of them are really cool. It's like there's something to be said about getting the big names on stage and doing these insane displays, too. Yeah. Like, that's a thing. But also, like, sitting in a living room and listening to someone play music can change your life. Sitting, like, in a small space and meeting new people who share a hobby with you 
can create community. Like mm. you can, you stop seeing each other as like people who are different than you and you start seeing your, your similarities. And I think that like, just like getting outdoors, having a meal with someone, music is that other kind of mm. experience where you can sit down with someone and bond over something you share a likeness in. Yeah. And Willie's always known that. I mean, like he became, you know, like that was what's beautiful about me being kind of like the caretaker of that project is like, I respect that more than anything is that he always held space for people to forget their differences. Like you mm. always hear the like, all oh, the rednecks and the hippies hung out together at Armadillo World Headquarters and Willie Nelson, right? Mm -hmm. But like, there's so much truth to that. And like, look at our world right now. Everyone's like behind computers, behind doors, not hanging out. And they all just sit and dwell on what's different about each other. But if you get people in the same room doing the same thing, something they love for an hour, those yeah. walls start to drop and they're like, wow, what's up, man? What do you, yeah. you know? Like you seem cool. What, what are you, it's your story. And yeah, then they'll just yeah. like forget what's different. And they start, they actually realize and there's a human connection in that moment. Yeah, and man. I think that's what yeah. I want to keep doing. And like, sure. even if it goes into like, you know, the back into film projects and I still get to do a lot of that. So I get yeah. to flex those muscles every once in a while. Yeah, like yeah, through music itch. festivals, I can make documentaries. Yeah. I can create stories. I can build projects. And then, you know, if I'm crazy, I can maybe make a movie someday. Who knows? Like yeah. if I wow. want to burn all my money, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. you, uh, you mentioned briefly getting in outdoors and the parallels there. Uh, are, are you surfing a lot, right? Yeah. Surfing's my like, that's the hobby that I kind of live for. Cool, and like, that's my, yeah. Like I, I grew up even surfing like the Gulf coast is really where I started. Okay. So young. Galveston and yeah, yeah, yeah. like Porte Galveston, you know, South Padre, we'd take family trips. And I was yeah. like, it's like my mom likes to joke about how she's like, yeah, Matt was like going to entrepreneurship school at TCU and the week before he left bought a surfboard. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in his life. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, like that, that was like my thing. I was like, I just love, I fell in love with it the first time I did it and it was, that's it. And so like I yeah. moved to New York and I surfed every day. I lived in New York. I lived, I strategically moved like off the A train where I could ride it out to Rockaway and surf before work. That's awesome. Like wow. I moved out to California, surfed every day and yeah. now I live in Texas again and feeling a little landlocked and like I go to Porte for surf and, but I've like started going to Waco surf up in Waco, um, all the time and surfing there. Yeah. Um, and then, then the Gulf coast and I take a trip a year at least to do something, but yeah, cool. Which is, you know, like maybe I just threw an Easter egg out of Waco surf. We're doing some stuff together. So that's a future project. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> That's cool. I think Haley has another segment for us. Yeah. Uh, um, so we're going to start a new segment called On This Date in okay. History. And coincidentally enough, when we were researching for this date, May 26th, um, we saw this one and we were like, well, we have to do that. I mean, this is there's May no question. What yeah. year? Don't know. Okay. Do you know? No, you wrote the question. Next time uh, we'll on research a little better, but on this date, May 26, Willie Nelson releases his 18th studio album, Red Headed Stranger, which becomes his number one country album. What? So, see, go. serendipity. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. is. We were talking about serendipity. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. crazy? That is wild. I want to awesome. hear another random weird story. And I, this doesn't have to make your. I don't have to stretch out the interview. Anymore, it will. But the kind of here, Haley. So the Red Headed Stranger is like what the Luck Town was built for, right? And so it was like. I guess 2019 in the spring or something where I was like, why don't we screen the redheaded stranger in luck? And so I started doing all this research and I'm like, where's the redhead stranger? And it turns out like there's not on the internet. There's no versions of it. Yeah. Like I'd seen a VHS version. That's how I saw it, but nobody really seen the movie and nobody knew where it was. No. And then I, so I asked Willie's manager and he's like, oh, I don't know. 
And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, there was a copy. I don't know. I think you got to ask like so-and-so. You gotta, it just, everybody referred me to someone else. And so I, re- I wake up, I'm like, wait, no one knows where the Redhead Stranger movie is? Like, where, like what? That's crazy. Yeah. This is insane. And so. Who owns it? So it's own it's co-owned by like a group of different like people like the Bullies management team like there was a guy in his touring party that owns some of it the director oh uh, wow. producers so multiple so, and I opened this can of worms as I started going down and like start yeah. talking to people and it leads me to Bill Whitliff who like at Texas State University there's the Whitliff collection oh okay he was the other he was who wrote the television series Lonesome Dove so he oh. took he's the one who adapted McMurtry's script right no so, way yeah so. He also directed and wrote Redhead Stranger. It was a passion project of his. So he wow. wrote it, and him and Willie worked together. And they wanted he wanted to put Willie in it. Nobody would fund it. Nobody believed that Willie could act or like whatever. Nobody wanted to make the movie. And so they shopped it. They couldn't get it done. So they decided they were going to self produce it. And they went out to get money. And so they went out to like find the funds to make Redhead Stranger. Gotcha. And started building the town with their own money. And like you know, it's just like it was like one of those like like things I do, which is just like spend your money and do crazy shit. And then like have your wife be like, why would you do that? But, um, so like he, they start building this Western town for that movie. And I met the, you know, the guy who built the town, like through this process, I'm like meeting everyone like, and trying to invite them. I'm like, I want to find the movie. Let's get it. Let's screen it out at luck. And I want you to come and we're going to do like a panel. And so I build this relationship with Bill who refers me. And finally we figure out Shep Gordon, if you don't know who Shep Gordon is, he was – there's a documentary called Superminch that Mike Myers made that was about Shep Gordon that's about his sort of like just being like the ultimate minch and just sort of like helping everyone around him and throughout mm. his career. He also created like kind of created the Celebrity Chef. Like he was one of the oh, first like managers of Celebrity Chefs and created that sort of genre. Huh. And so Shep also was like Alice Cooper's manager. Like that's what he was like his first really big – you know, thing over the years. Yeah. But he also produced film. And so Shep actually became one of the big financiers and producers of Willie's film of Redhead Stranger. Yeah. And so I ended up getting in touch with Shep and I believe it's Carolyn, who's is like the other co-producer with him on it. And they're like, I do, we do have a copy. It's in a like air conditioned storage unit in Van Nuys. And like, it's, it's but it's not the negative. It's the positive. And I'm like, where's the negative? They're like, no one knows. Oh. Like, no one knew where the negative print was of the film. So, wow. like, literally, it could be anywhere. It could be gone. Oh yeah. And so we find the positive, and I go to Alamo Draft House and convince, like, talk to their team, and, like, they have an arc- film archive. And so they we ship the only positive print that we know of to the <laughs> American Genre Film Archive, who scans it into 4K and makes, like, a... DHP, like basically, so you project in theaters and like put it on internet or whatever. And now it's like on Amazon or I believe, yeah, I believe it's Amazon and a couple others streaming again. Wow. And we screened it for the first time digitally out of luck that like year and had, in sadly enough, actually, Bill Whitliff passed away like weeks before we did it, like oh, in the process of finding the film. We act, like he knew that we found it, knew that we were scanning it, but never got to see it. And then like I promised a copy to the Whitliff collection or whatever for that. But yeah, wow. yeah so like full crazy circle. That's incredible. That's like we incredible. found the film, like I accidentally saved it from going into oblivion yeah. because like it was, there was no digitized version yeah. of the future. And so it's pretty wild. Gosh, wow. just like be on that journey. Yeah, and then it's, crazy. yeah, and it's like part of preserving the legacy of luck, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, and also serendipity, like serendipity. just because we were like, let's screen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So.
What a rabbit hole. Man, yeah. imagine yeah. somebody finding that negative. Like, yeah, someday. and it's got to be out there. I oh, mean, yeah. I'll put it this way. It could be anywhere. Like, Willie's world is like, <laughs> yeah. you go into his studio, and there's like, you pick a tape up off the floor, and you're like, oh, cool, like, Waylon Jennings. You know, like, you're just like, that's <laughs> yeah. interesting. It's like, and the, yeah. you know, well. like, like, they're not uh, possession people. They're very much like, they live in the moment in real life. So I don't think anybody's thinking that. about, you know, film prints. Yeah, yeah. Except you're stressed out, man. Yeah, except for me. Who's <laughs> like, this is history. Yeah. Yeah. Even what the West- are you doing? I feel like yeah. I was like the one in the Western town, too. I was like, we got to save this place. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is a like, living ah. landmark. And like everyone's like, yeah, it's cool. Sure. Willie, like, yeah. like, Willie's like, don't touch it. It's my, like, I like yeah. it how it is. Like, yeah. you know, I like looking at it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that was, that's been part of the like give and take of the whole thing is he, as much as he likes the party and the festival and that kind of stuff, he's like, don't mess up my town. Yeah. Like he's like, this is my Western town where I hang out. Like I yeah. kept it for a reason so I can yeah. play poker and hang out in it. I don't want it to become like, yeah. you know, Dollywood, you yeah. know, not in a negative way, but right, like, right. Just, yeah. he's like, this is my thing. Just preserve. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Well, man, that's kind of all we have time for today. Unfortunately, um, I, I want to ask one more question. We ask everybody this, yeah. um, but it's what does the outdoors mean to you? Uh, and, and kind of one sentence is kind of all our whole MO is getting people outside and, and, there's tons of parallels, obviously, with listening to music and stuff. Out from behind what? the screens, out from behind yeah. the theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, in one sentence, if possible, what what's uh, being in the outdoors mean to you? Outdoors is is like a place for community. I mean, it's like it's where we came from, and it's it's where we uh, it's the best place for us to connect. I don't yeah. know the way. I mean, yeah. For me, it's it's surfing, it's grilling outside, it's music festivals, it's, yeah. it's experience, and like all of those moments are those are memories, like every good moment I can think of in my life, like 90% of them I would say would be outdoor. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. great. Great answer. Uh, well, we'll plug your stuff real quick. Uh, you, if you want to mention your, uh, yeah. some other, um, socials, whatever. Yeah. You could find, so you could find everything I'm working on, uh, at luckreunion.com or, uh, luck reunions, uh, socials. And then also noise frontier is my, uh, events company and production company. Um, noise frontier on social media and noisefrontier.com cool all yeah, sick man, man. yeah thanks well uh, we really appreciate you coming out again thank you so much yeah appreciate you guys having me it was sure. fun let's do it thanks, thanks for my week my week <laughs> finish here. it buddy <laughs> finish <laughs> it buddy <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>